This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our May 4th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And usually it's the time of year where I say, wow, the year's flying by. Uh, but definitely not this year. Uh, you know, obviously we're living through a historical, unprecedented time. Uh, America is beginning to reopen in some in stages in certain states and counties, city by city. Some are uh, going their own way. Others are following broader government measures. And, you know, many of the jobs that were lost are potentially coming back online, hopefully. And the big question is, when will the economy regain some positive momentum. Now, there are some signs that there is some positive momentum, right, as people kind of get tired of sheltering in place and certain businesses just open out of necessity, right? I'm, I'm hearing, you know, anecdotal things here locally of just businesses that are, are reopening because they have to, otherwise they're going to go under. And I think you're going to see a little bit more and more of that certain cities and law enforcement not enforcing kind of broader measures. I know here in uh, Orange County, uh, San Clemente actually is ignoring the closing of the beaches over the weekend uh, by, by the governor. And there are people going to the beach. So that was pretty interesting. And for investors, the big question here is, how fast will this momentum build? And can we get back to some semblance of, of normalcy economically? Now, I don't think we're going back to any semblance of normalcy from a public health perspective anytime soon. But where will the economy level out at, I guess is the big question. Is it one to two percent negative growth versus last year? Is it five to ten percent negative growth from last year? Or more like fifteen to twenty percent negative economic growth from last year? It's going to be negative pretty much through the balance of the year. I think we all can agree on that. We're talking about from comparing last year, not quarter to quarter, comparing last year. And no matter what the outcome is, any of those probably three outcomes, you're going to have a tough environment for earnings and for certain sectors of the economy. So the big question is, how do you adjust your portfolio? How do you plan for what is ahead of us, both on a personal level as well as a financial level as well? Now, we want to hear from you. I know you have a range of finance investment and investment questions. I will do my best to provide unbiased answers each and every weekday. 
You obviously want strategies that will help you deal with this volatility. You know, the VIX remains elevated, and thus you should expect volatility to remain elevated. And our work here with you is to help you achieve your own goal of financial freedom, whatever that is. It's going to be different for everybody. The path is going to be different than for everybody. But we are here for that. We're here to help you. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you call me in this hour and through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, I can help you become a better investor. One way Steve Pease and I do that is to implement a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Once again, this isn't your standard media outlet. We don't answer to advertisers or a higher management team, right? Or owner, because we own it. <laughs> we, we answer to ourselves and our clients. That's how we are different. That's how we are dedicated to unbiased guidance. And we only recommend investment strategies that we implement for ourselves, which we call parallel investing. Now that I've set things up, I'm here and ready to answer your investing questions. 888 chart is our anytime line. You can call it live, after hours, leave a message, and we'll answer it on the next show. Now, since the COVID-19 stay-in-place orders are in place, for at least the time being, we are postponing indefinitely our, our trips all across the country. I know uh, our podcast is growing dramatically, so we, we had trips for the balance of the year all across the country, but uh, we're postponing them. But if you want to set up a portfolio review, don't hesitate to reach out. We can do a video chat, phone call, uh, etc. We can share screens and talk about what is on your mind and how to improve your portfolio results, especially in this time. Because guess what? Indexing is not going to work. Not going to work. Not going to cut it. So you can send you a message to us through investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns a story that first quarter healthcare spending plunged, and that was an unexpected drag on the economy. You would think that healthcare spending was up in the quarter, and it was actually not. And I'm going to talk about why that is and what that means for the underlying industry and where there's opportunity and where they may not be. Also, the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting was over the weekend. What were some takeaways from Warren's comments? I think that will be interesting. Also, unemployment rate is expected to rise dramatically once the Friday jobs report is posted, and we're going to dig into that to show you what to expect and what it actually means. And then lastly, the Treasury is about to borrow $3 trillion in this quarter. You have trillion with a T. And I'm going to discuss what that means as well. So those are the things that are on my docket, the topics, but ultimately it's all about you. And Steve and I do our very best to fit in as many caller questions in as possible each show. So let's do that now. This call came in earlier to our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I was calling to ask about the stock Viacom, V-I-A-C. It's dropped a lot since uh, everything tanked about a month ago, but it seems to me that once sports and everything get back up and running, especially football, I would assume they would go back up. Just wondering if you thought it was a good time to buy it. Thanks. Bye. I'm not a fan of Viacom. I, I understand they own CBS, and I still think it's 
football is in question, even though the president wants them to keep going. Uh, I think that's going to continue to be an issue. Uh, and people are going to cut cords, uh, advertising spending is going to drop, and Viacom has a pretty substantial amount of debt, about $18 billion, $19 billion in long-term debt on their balance sheet. So I'm definitely passing on Viacom. Once again, I'll reiterate this. This is important for everybody to understand. Indexing isn't going to work. Looking at past earnings are not going to work, right? Because we're in a different world. You have to look at what is expected for these businesses in the new post-COVID world in a recession and in a lot of ways you could describe it as a depression companies with a lot of debt that have cyclical businesses are not going to cut it there's a reason this has stayed down on the mat you know bottomed around uh, 12 dollars a share bounced to 18 19 dollars a share now we're at 16 and it sounds like a big rally but i mean this was trading at 50 plus per share last summer And they're, they, they were struggling going into this, and I don't think they're going to recover. These are the type of names with so much debt, so cyclical, that they're not going to recover. And that's what you need to understand about your portfolio, about these businesses. You need to assess them in a post-COVID world, and they need to be only minorly affected at at best, or at worst, excuse me. Hopefully they're gonna benefit in some way. They need to have a clean balance sheet and they need to have good management teams that are able to maneuver in this type of environment. And if the companies you own can't check those boxes, then I don't know. I think you're, you should get rid of them. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And yes, we have installed new audio equipment designed to make our sound much clearer. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we're good now. Made a few tweaks before the show. And I thank you for your loyal support working through our audio issues. Definitely happened at a, at a rough time, but we're working through it. But now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance investment questions. We're taking your calls live at 888 chart The COVID-19 pandemic has forced millions of people to stay home, which is getting in the way of everyone's normal exercise routine. Gyms are closed, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on your personal health and wellness. And I know you have heard me say this before, but recently I discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research and talking to clients. It has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctor's offices, pharmacies, and gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white papers to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day and find a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of our program can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. 
Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so highly confident you'll be pleased with their products. That's why they offer a money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Monday. There has been some optimism about the COVID-19 crisis, and the markets have shown volatility. So you'll have investment and finance questions, and Justin Klein is here, ready with answers. Call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. 888-99 Chart 88992-4278. Now in the first part of the year, sorry, the second quarter of the year, or actually is this the first quarter? See what is this stat here? Yeah, I think it was the first, yeah, the first quarter. You had consumer spending on healthcare dropped 18, 18%, 18%. And that's pretty wild considering we only shut down for the past, for the last, what, three weeks, two and a half weeks of the quarter. And you had total healthcare spending on aggregate in the first quarter dropping 18%. Now you would think that because this crisis is healthcare focused, there would be an increase, but there wasn't. And why is that? Well, it has a lot to do with surgeries that aren't really needed, surgeries that uh, maybe aren't, aren't that pressing. Think of plastic surgery, or maybe you have a bad knee, or uh, you know, a bad shoulder. You know, something that's not dire. Almost all of those surgeries were put off. I know my, my dad, for example, he needed knee surgery. He was supposed to have it late March, and they cut it off. They postponed it. So you would think intuitively the healthcare would do better, but we're actually losing healthcare jobs, which is pretty interesting. In March, more than 42,000 healthcare jobs were cut. It's the first decline since January 2014. Dentist office offices laid off 17,000 people, physicians 12,000. I know my girlfriend, she's a doctor. She laid off a couple of her employees in, for about a month. She's starting to hire them back now and should go back in June uh, fully. And you know these elective procedures will likely resume relatively soon. But you are going to see Earnings on a lot of these companies and relate, related to this, you're talking about hospitals, outpatient surgical centers, doctor's offices, these are going to report big losses. Revenues have dried up. Now, the opportunity here are in the areas where their pent-up demand is going to come back. Right? There's certain parts, think of plastic surgeries, right? Certain amount of that demand is not going to come back, right? People can't afford it. Maybe they were going to get a facelift or they were going to get a hair transplant, whatever it is, and now they can't afford it. Maybe they lost their job. So there's certainly some demand destruction there. But the necess the eventual necessary surgeries, right? My dad's eventually going to need to get knee surgery. Those are likely to come back. And we actually picked up one for our clients in that space where, yeah, they're going to take a hit in the first quarter and second quarter, but their demand is going to come back. Has to. Okay, so uh, you look for those names and that's where the opportunity is in this environment. 
888 chart 888 This is Invest Talk. Give me a call. You are listening to Invest Talk, and some states are reopening. So, how quickly could our economy come back to life? You've got finance and investment questions? Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz looking at Atlantica Yields. Yes. Hey there, John. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon to you as well. You're looking at Atlantica Yield. This is a, a utility company. Its headquarters is in the UK, but looks like they have operations all around the world, mainly focused on renewable energies and uh, electric energy transmission. They have some conventional power and some water assets as well. What makes you attracted to them? Uh, the dividend, I think, of close to 7%. Um, if it's sustainable and, um, you know, it, as a retiree, it, it would be appealing to me. Um, uh, I'm wondering what you think. Well, my issue here is it's pretty small, only about $2 billion market cap. They have a good amount of debt, $5.5 billion, which, uh, you know, makes their balance sheet relatively stretched. Now, typically you would say, well, it's a utility, so not a big deal because utility payments are, are pretty consistent and their, their business tends to be non-cyclical. The issue here is that they, they operate in North America, U, the U.S. and Mexico, but the majority of their revenue comes from Spain, Algeria, South Africa, Peru, Chile, Brazil, and Uruguay. These are, you know, Spain, yes, even though they have their economic problems. This is coming from kind of rough countries uh, and for the most part. And definitely their, their revenue is going to be tied to the prospects of those countries. And I said this before about COVID is that the, the worst of the COVID crisis will be in these kind of second tier and third world countries. And South Africa is having a big issue with it right now, lots of spread. So that worries me to a, a great degree. You know, if this was primarily focused in the US or Mexico, then I would say not too bad. But the fact that the majority of the revenue are derived from kind of these far off countries, it makes their business a lot riskier. And with that level of debt, I just don't like it. Uh, I, I would just, I would just have to pass on it. Uh, even though you know their business's last quarter was pretty good, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like now. So this is it's high risk. I'm not saying you can't do well in it. Uh, I'm not saying they can't muddle through it. Uh, but this isn't your standard dividend, safe dividend player that you're probably looking for as a retiree, right? You're probably looking for safe dividends. So I would pass on Atlantica Yield. Let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question from our Invest Talk Voice Bank at 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, I'm 25, just starting on the adventure of investing. I hear rumor of us going back to a gold system, Nasera Gisera. 
Now, if that were to happen, would the whole stock markets, would everyone see an increase in their shares when the market's correct to the gold standard? What do you guys think about this? Is this going to be a likely futuristic stock market event? Also, with that being said, what do you think about the tech industry in those stocks? Is the tech going to be the future of the stock market? Thanks again. Well, uh, going back to a gold standard wouldn't uh, wouldn't have I want to say it wouldn't have an effect. Going back to a gold standard would absolutely have an effect on everything in the market. Uh, it, it would change the way we would see the dollar, right? That it's not this fiat whatever in the sky that the government just says is money, right? It, w- it would have a basis. Uh, now, one day, I do think we will go back to a gold standard. I do. History says it. The trend in debt and uh, the economy uh, just means that eventually we have to go back to hard money. Now, central banks and governments are going to try to maintain the system for as long as they can. And when we go back to the gold standard, I can't tell you. Maybe next year, maybe next decade, maybe 2200. The year 2200 is what I'm saying. I'm not sure. But I do think we eventually go back to a gold standard. One of the reasons why I am very bullish gold. Second off, you know, tech is just going to be an industry in the markets. We need every industry. You need every industry to have a healthy economy. You can't have the tech industry growing more than the overall economy for an extended period of time. Otherwise, it becomes the economy. And certainly, it's going to grow as a percentage of the economy over time. But there are limits to that. Law of large numbers. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin. Uh, Long-time listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave and Sam Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24-7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 21 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestDoc.com. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. 
where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. I have a question on a topic I heard on the radio recently, and it was related to companies, corporations, not wanting to report their earnings on a quarterly basis. And I was trying to understand the rationale for this. I know a lot of companies recently have pulled down their guidance due to COVID-19. Completely understand that. But a lot of companies, even going forward, I know Apple, a couple of years ago, they were hesitant to report some sales numbers on their iPhone. And I heard recently that Netflix was not wanting to report some numbers on international sales and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to get an understanding of why a company would not want to report earnings, because even if they didn't, Wall Street or the market would definitely be reporting on what they thought the company's sales or expectation were. And what also are your thoughts on some of these companies that have pulled their dividend? And I'm sure that's related to COVID-19 too, but just wanted to get your thoughts and opinions and see uh, how you felt. I'll listen to your answer on the radio. Thanks, bye. Well, companies don't want to do earnings calls. They don't want to answer to shareholders, right? They want to go about their their business of, of operating. And... That's why they don't want to report, quite frankly. So I'm sure they would want to not report earnings every quarter. Right? So they're, they don't have to sit there and worry, okay, what's going to happen this quarter? You know, make adjustments for end of quarter profitability so we can make our numbers. And uh, oftentimes that can be detrimental to shareholders. Uh, GE is a great example how they always beat earnings by a penny and you know over a couple decades they're now in this situation where they they made a lot of maneuvers to beat earnings by a penny every quarter but that was the detriment of shareholders over the long term and so yeah companies would love to not report and not have to do conference calls but i think they absolutely should they have a duty to shareholders to uh, report what's happening and give them updates uh, they have a fiduciary duty to those shareholders. So, you know, re- removing guidance for the year is one thing, but not giving shareholders quarterly updates on what's happening is is a whole other thing. So, I would definitely advise against that for for any company. Uh, and I know there's been talk about legislation allowing them to to do it more, like twice a year. But I think quarterly is good. Uh, it's it's a, good pace. It's not too much. It's not too little. Uh, and, you know, it's worked for a long time. So I don't think there's any reason why companies need to change that policy overall. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, speaking of shareholder meetings, Warren Buffett had or hosted the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. And 
and he did it virtually. It was in a small conference room with uh, with CEO Warren Buffett and vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway's non-insurance business operations, which is interesting, right? Because a lot of Berkshire businesses are industrial names, and many of them, I'm sure, are very affected by uh, this economic slowdown. And they have a wide-ranging number of types of businesses. Once again, little tech, more kind of your hard industrial type of businesses. And so it makes sense that they would have the vice chairman of those type of businesses on this call because he's seeing the effects firsthand. And he took questions, uh, both of them took questions remotely, hosted by uh, CNBC's Becky Quick. And he started off, it was interesting what Buffett started off with, he started off talking about how you don't bet against America, right? And how America will always prevail and uh, there's this great ecosystem and ethos of America that will, that will always persevere and prevail. And I think he's definitely correct on that front. It's what my grandpa always said. He always said, America is not going to disappear. And that's certainly true. But what was interesting is that he also talked about the effects of COVID-19 and and the pandemic and uh, its impact on businesses and touched on monetary policy and fiscal policy, consumer and commercial behavior, et cetera. And, but on the back half, he was pretty cautious, extremely cautious actually. They sold all their airline positions. They had a lot of airlines. I think they owned a piece of four different major airlines and they sold every single share, which kind of is counter to the whole be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Well, Mr. Buffett was pretty fearful about the airline stocks and that's why he sold them all off. Not only that, but he did not pursue any big deals and he let the cash balances expand within their portfolio. And he stopped buying back Berkshire shares on March 10th. Remember, that's when we kind of shut down. And he didn't resume it. So he let those cash balances rise over time. And that just goes to show you that he's cautious. He's very cautious in this environment. And he's not seeing these distressed opportunities. He's not seeing widespread panic in the market. And he's not seeing that many opportunities. So I think that's a good lesson for you to be patient, be selective. Now remember, it doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities out there or a Buffett and Berkshire, they need to make big plays. They, they're not going to go out and buy $100 million for the stock of a particular company just because they might think it's a, a little bit undervalued. They're going to make big plays. They have a big portfolio. They have a big cash position. So just be aware of that, that he is cautious and that you should be cautious and selective. I think it's a better term. Be selective because there's absolutely opportunities out there. It's just be selective and adjust for the new world. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. 
And if you have some additional discretionary time because of the stay-at-home orders, maybe you're commuting less, etc., head over to investtalk.com. There's a lot of valuable resources. Obviously, our free podcast downloads uh, and much more. You can learn about the various investment strategy opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. For example, Active 401k that'll help you allocate your 401k in this difficult time. Four easy steps, math-based models that uh, assess your your portfolio uh, risk, your individual investment options from the past performance to the fees, the current market conditions, and it'll guide you and give you assessment of how you should allocate your portfolio in this environment. So start exploring investstock.com. And when you're ready to speak with myself or Steve, you can always message or call our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. We can set a portfolio review assessment and by conducting personalized telephone, Skype, or Jive meeting video calls as well. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show. I want to ask your opinion on Diamondback Energy, ticker symbol Sang, S-A-N-G. I am 26 years old and bought this back at around $78 a share. It's now around 31. Not sure if I should get out and move to a different sector or hang on, write it out, and potentially buy more. Let me know what you think. Thank you for all the guidance you give. You have a really great podcast. Thank you for the kind words, first off, and uh, your loyal listenership. Now, she's looking at Diamondback Energy, F-A-N-G is the symbol. And this is a company that is engaged in exploration production of oil and natural gas, typically in unconventional areas, mainly shale, right? When you see unconventional, it's typically shale. And they also, yeah, in the Permian Basin, Permian Basin, uh, and, and that is a common place for, for shale uh, drilling. And now it's a $6.7 billion market cap, about $5.3 billion in long-term debt, $8.6 billion in total liabilities. So, you know, there's a decent amount of debt on its balance sheet. It did come out with earnings. What was interesting is revenue was up 4%. Earnings were at 4%. Now, that doesn't include the month of April. Certainly, there are going to be additional hits there. Earnings are expected to fall from six forty-five last year, $6.45, to $2.26 this year. So if, remain if they remain profitable, then they should have you know, pretty good, uh, they should be able to maintain that debt. The issue here is that they've always been cash flow negative, even during the good times. And that is my problem. Remain cash flow negative. Earnings, remember, can be manipulated. You can do things to really adjust for uh, different factors. 
but they've always been cash flow negative. And if you look at their profitability metrics, they've always been very low, very low return on equity, very low return on invested capital. And that's what worries me the most here uh, is that they've been structurally unprofitable. And in times like this, they're going to be even more unprofitable. So, you know, I'll, I continue in the oil patch. If you want to invest in the oil patch, you want to look at the bigger players with uh, more diversification, uh, the integrated oil names, not just the drillers, right? This would be just a driller integrated, meaning they do processing, they process their oil as well, right? So they're vertically integrated up and down the energy stack. And those are the companies that are going to be more resilient uh, in this environment. And that's why I would pass on Diamond Ibex. I, I do think it could rally more, a little bit more in the near term, as I think uh, the, the oil space is getting a little optimism uh, around you know, the fact that we're up to about $21 a barrel in the, the first month contract or near month contract, which is you know much better than was ex uh, what a lot of investors were expecting or seeing last, uh, last month. And so I think there is some near-term upside in Fang, uh, but I'd be looking to get out of it. And if you want to stay in the space, that's fine. Once again, move to the bigger players that are more integrated with better balance sheets. Now we're on a roll, so let's keep going. This caller question came in earlier to our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I have a question on Investors Business Daily. Uh, stock of the day yesterday was Replogen. I called in before, symbol R-G-E-N, and I had a twofer. What you guys think of the uh, leader in spin management, Coupa Software, C-O-U-P. Great show. I'll be listening. Cooper, Coupa, Coupa Software, not Cooper, C-O-U-P-A. The symbol is C-O-U-P, and they are one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest, fastest growing cloud software players in the industry. I have a 50% revenue year over year growth, earnings up 320% last quarter. Although earnings in 2021, surprisingly, are expected to be down from 52 cents to 33 cents. Uh, but the stock is near a, a, an all time high, which is interesting. I like the name, it's actually on my cloud software buy list, right? You, you, oh, you wanna own these names at the right price but it hasn't hit my price. It really hasn't hit my price uh, for Coupa, and that's why we haven't bought it for, for clients. And if you wanna know my price, it's actually down around, around $100 a share, probably a little lower, around 80 actually is my price to, to get into Coupa. Now it's at 177. So I like the name, I like what you're looking at, I like that it, sh it should be on your watch list and probably should be on anyone's watch list who's looking to add a cloud software name uh, to, with, you know, add some exposure there, but it's not at the right price yet. It's not cheap enough for me. Around $80 is where I would like to own it. And hey, you know, if we eventually get the software names to eventually roll over, which I think we will because the market is looking at these names like they are non-cyclical and they're immune to the business cycle. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. It's probably one of the reasons why analysts are expecting a drop in earnings for 2021 for Coupa. So 
Remember, businesses that go under, they don't pay for software. Businesses that lay off people, they stop paying for licenses on software. And I think that's the issue here. So I would definitely continue to watch Coupa, but I would not buy it at the moment. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here. That's to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And we're going into our last break. So if you're going to call and you want to do it right now, our work continues right after this break. So get your caller questions in now at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Joe from New Jersey. Just wanted to get your thoughts on CrowdStrike Holdings. That's CRWD. Company I like, space I like, and uh, balance sheet I like. Curious what your thoughts are. Thanks. CrowdStrike Holdings. This is a cybersecurity company. They are here in the United States and a $15.6 billion market cap. And you're right. Their balance sheet is absolutely clean. A bunch of cash on their balance sheet. They've just turned cash flow positive. That's that's good. Um, and on, on the chart, they actually triggered a reverse head and shoulders pattern in mid-April. And based on that, it should go up to about $90 a share, at least in the near term. So 73.43 is where it traded at the the close today. So that's some pretty decent upside. Uh, you know they don't they don't they aren't turning a profit yet. So that's my biggest issue. Although they are trending towards profitability, and analysts expect them to turn a profit in 2022, not in a big way, but uh, in a minor way. And and I I like that. I like that um, they're trending towards that. You know this is a growth phase. This is a growth name and you're definitely still paying up for it. Even though their balance sheet's clean, definitely not a bankruptcy candidate, uh, definitely an, tend to be a non-cyclical business. I'd like to dig in a little deeper to see how they're getting that growth overall uh, and how sustainable that is. Because uh, this is definitely a competitive space, uh, but I like it overall. Uh, definitely should be on your, on your watch list. And uh, if you're okay with taking some risk here, uh, I kind of like the name. CRWD is the symbol. Now we are getting a jobs report on Friday, and it is expected to show that the un- unemployment rate rose to about 16.1% in the month of April, and that employers dropped about 22 million jobs. And that basically eliminates every job created over the past decade. And this would be the highest unemployment rate since the record began in 1948. The last high was 10.8% in 1982 at the end of a double-dip recession in President Reagan's first term. And the monthly number of job losses would be the biggest number going back to 1939 and even way bigger than the biggest, which was 1.96 million jobs eliminated in September of 1945, right after World War II. A lot of soldiers basically lost their jobs. So pretty staggering, pretty staggering figures. And what's, but that number is misleading in a lot of ways. 
And what you want to look at is the employment to population ratio. That's going to tell you a little bit more. And that rate reached a post-recession peak of 61.2% in January, fell to 60% in March, and the record low is 54.9 back in 1949. And that's when, obviously, a lot less women were, were working. And we're likely to see that eclipsed in April. Uh, actually, no, it probably will come shy. That 55.8 is what is expected in the month of April. But you could easily see that uh, surpassed here in the month of May. And that 55.8 expectation means that 34 million jobs were lost since mid-March. What's interesting is that women initially lost more jobs than men, but that's starting to balance out now that more construction and office positions are being laid off. And sadly, workers older than 50, they're experiencing even more job losses than younger workers as well. Now, Goldman Sachs thinks that the unemployment rate could hit 29% at its all-time high. So it'll be really interesting to see where the job losses are focused once this, uh, once this report comes out. And hopefully this turns around rather quickly, but we obviously need to get back to work. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return Thursday. CPs will be here tomorrow, so please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. It's called the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free. Please tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis.